0: Hi, this is Tim, and welcome to episode one of the Tim Wilburn Podcast. Today, we're gonna talk about what does it actually take to break into the industrial automation market? And we're not even gonna talk about like all encompassing how do you get into and have a job and be successful and have 10 kids. We're mainly gonna talk in this one is how do you just wedge your foot in the door? This is a pilot episode. We're playing with the idea of making podcasts. And uh, so one, I, I, would, I want your opinion. What do you think of this? Also, we gotta get our opinion to know, do we like making these? And there, there's a few reasons we're doing this. There's one, we get several hundred questions a week that are really good now, and it's becoming the point we just can't answer them all. So I'm hoping to really take and hit some of the really good, important questions on here where, one, instead of individually talking to people, maybe we can have a big conversation, which obviously means that you're probably getting better input than just talking to me. And uh, a few other things. Uh, first, I have Michael sitting here just ridiculously staring at me, um, like right here, who's going to probably be giving this two cent every, you know, five minutes. He already has uh, before we've started this. And so I'm not gonna edit this, this will be very unedited. So apologize for if I scream at him, throw it something at him or anything like that. But yeah, he's gonna give us two cents. But my goal here is uh, really I'm getting my day started. I'm drinking a cup of coffee and I just wanna talk through some of the questions that come up and I don't know, what, what should we call this? Uh, two cent coffee and automation advice? Uh, I don't know. Uh, so <laughs> let me know what your thoughts are on that. But all right, so I do have a few notes here, and I'm going to check them off as we go. Probably the biggest thing that I didn't that I really want to do in this there's a, there's a lot one there's a lot of good podcasts out there. So I don't ever like to copy someone's content, and in fact, I'll go ahead and throw out a few podcasts in manufacturing I like. Uh, Chris Lukey at Manufacturing Happy Hour, that's a great one. Talks about a lot of new uh, new and upcoming things. Uh, you got. Uh, Ray and Allison over at Manufacturing Out Loud—they're another really good one that you know really helps you know answer a lot of things about manufacturing. But the one thing I think that we do not talk about enough, as I'll say, people on the success end of this, is our failures. In other words, what mistakes did we make on the way that actually got us here? You know, we love to brag that oh yeah, well you know I had this project and it went this well, and you know we do this now, but Yeah, what horrific mistakes, failures, and really abuse from maybe customers and other people did we take on the way to get here? That's kind of our goal here is to be a little bit different. Please, guys, ask plenty of questions, and that, because your questions are gonna be what uh, makes up these topics that we're gonna talk about. Also, yes, uh, I had somebody the other day say that I needed to stop saying guys when I'm talking to you because guys is not gender neutral. And I apologize if I have offended anybody by using the term guys, it's just a term I use for people. Um, so what should I use? Let's see, I'm actually in Virginia. So I guess the gender neutral term here would be y'all, but I never say y'all, so that one wouldn't work. And I guess if we were further north or over west, it would be folks. But I don't use that term either. So I don't know, uh, what do you wanna be called? Uh, maybe. Uh, Uh, How about control freaks? Would that work? Could we all call ourselves control freaks? So put it down in the comments, what you think there. Uh, My only thing is I will not call you industrial sorcerers. I reserve the right to that term. That one is mine. But all right. One other thing before we get started is please, uh, whatever platform you are using, hit that like button. Subscribe if there is a subscribe button and give us a five star rating, you know, to tell us that you like what we're doing. And yeah, give us a little review there. But okay, we're talking today about really breaking into the industrial automation market. And all right, the first question I always get is one, do I need a college degree and is college enough? Because, okay, first, do I need a college degree? We have that one. And then of course we get over here that people have gotten a college degree. And all of a sudden they're like, oh my goodness, I still can't get a job because I don't have any experience. So. I, my comment to college is college is very important. Uh, It is great for helping you get in the door. Now, if you think that you're going to sit in front of a class and in four years know enough to really go out there and get in the trenches, uh, no, it doesn't work that way. And there's just no substitute for real world experience. In other words, you know, when you're in a classroom, you're learning about really hopefully the, the latest and greatest. Well, when you get out into a plant, you're not learning about the latest and greatest anymore. You may be working in a 40 year old plant and you know you may be working with a different software and you may be working with different manufacturers. So really all the college is gonna do is help you get in the door. It's not the cure all to make you have a happy life and you have 10 kids on down the road. But all right, how do we gain that experience after we have it? You know. People, in fact, every engineer will hit the skip button for the next minute when I say this. But absolutely, positively, the best way to gain experience once you get your foot in the door or we're starting to get that wedge is to work maintenance. Because until you see why the heck we need to do this crazy way to actually design something, when it seems like we got 10 extra steps, Until you have to work on it, you're not gonna understand that. So college is very important uh, for getting you in the door. But again, it's only one way to get in the door. And so today what I wanna do is I really wanna talk about another important way to get in the door. And really, all it does require is honesty and competence. I mean, and really, if there's any two skills you absolutely need, It is honesty and confidence. With those two skills, I firmly believe you can learn anything. So one thing before we go too much further is, well, we need to define a few things, is how long does it actually take, we'll say, to become proficient? And we need to define proficient first because I watch a lot of people talking about what it takes to get in our industry, and they're like, Yeah, you know, it takes a good solid two years, but if you work really hard, you know, for two years, then you'll become something in this. I don't think it takes that long. Now, it may take two years to really become good at the trade, but where I say you become proficient or become an integral part or a cog in this industrial automation thing, for a better term, is when your employee makes more than he puts out for you. I mean, when you get to that break-even point, I believe that you—you know—you're an integral part of this, and I don't think it takes that long. I mean, honestly, I think if you have heart and, gosh, Michael, you quit playing with that thing over there. <laughs> As I got Michael sitting here staring at me, doing all these things that I'm trying my best to <laughs> keep on task. But all right, what was I saying before that, Michael? You got me all messed up here. You should have kept on talking. Uh, yeah, yeah, well, you know, you should have been sitting there playing with the thing. And that's one thing I think, um, I think I will need some guests on here. Maybe it is Michael, but I, Michael has schoolwork to do. So I don't know that he's always going to be available. Uh, plus, my coffee's getting cold. And the whole point is I'm supposed to be drinking my coffee and um, talking about something. So I need somebody else to be here so I can uh, drink my coffee. But okay, where, where were we at before Michael just grossly interrupted us, as I don't truly remember? Um, <laughs> Never represent yourself as something that you are not. Oh, yeah, he's absolutely, that's a great statement. Never represent yourself as something that you're not, because that's really what we're talking about here, is you know, okay, yeah. I was saying that mainly you need honesty and confidence. And yeah, I mean, don't go in there and be like, Yes, I have 10 years of experience and I'm only 18. Unless you're Michael and actually you've been working in this since really he was about two, you're not gonna get away with that. So just be go, go in there and ask, uh, you know, hey, I really am curious about this. I really think I would be good at it, you know, and I need somebody to give me a chance. And okay, rewinding a little bit, you know, is going back to the do we need a college degree is I get so many people that are like, hey, I don't have a college degree and this company requires a college degree. Okay, well first, there's two there's two pieces to this. Is first, maybe the company firmly requires a college degree and that is what it is. You've got to respect them. If they say they require a college degree and that is firm, then it's firm. But also, go and fill the application out. Because I find so many times I told, Guys, to do this. Sorry, there goes that guy's term again. I tell people to do that and just put down no college. I have this experience, and I'm willing to learn. And I think that last sentence is so important. I am willing to learn, and so many of them end up getting hired, and they're shocked. They're like, oh, "I just got into this job, and I didn't meet the requirements." Well, you know, the requirements are just there to kind of help vet. I mean, really. In the end, I mean, I think most employers would agree, you know, if you have somebody with a willingness to learn, that beats any amount of experience. But okay, so we have wedged our way in maybe, you know, the next thing that is probably very important along with that is having the right employer. In other words, we can't, do this with every employer. One because you know some some employers just have a very rigid structure and you know when you usually it's a larger company you just end up in some funnel and that's that's where you are. That probably wouldn't work well for this. But if you have an employer that one sees your willingness to learn and is willing to nurture that, then you probably have a winning combination. And I'm going to give a couple examples here that, you know, I think really emphasize what a good employer is. And what a bad employer is. Although I'd say the the good example is about me, and it was a good employer because it was my dad. Now my dad didn't do this to me, but uh, they were having um, they were having a, a meeting with all the employees, and they said, "Hey guys, you've got to start reporting your time better because you know if you don't report your time that you worked two hours on this project or whatever." We can't build the employee and that's a very important part. You know, you got to keep track of what you're doing. That way you can build build it, make some money, pay your employees. That's very important. So, I mean, they really came out and they said, you know, you're here eight hours and you're working eight hours. Then there ought to be eight hours of billable time. Well, at that point, I was more of just driving around, grabbing parts, helping out where I could cut some material, you know, do some things. But I definitely was not making eight hours production and so I went to the guy, uh, who was not my dad, and said, you know, I only have like two hours of billable hours for today. Uh, what, what do I do? I mean, what should I put down for the rest? And he said, oh, well, you and such and such and such and such, you guys are just dead weight. Uh, you, We don't bill for you. You um, have no real value to the company, and uh, so don't worry about it. And man, I mean, you want to talk about, one, just a confidence killer. That's Well, one, it's a confidence killer to hear that, but also an attitude changer. In other words, going from, you know, maybe I had an attitude of, oh, well, I'm, you know, I have an integral part of this company, or, you know, I'm important to this company too, oh, well, no, I am just dead weight and have no value. Well, first, I had extreme value in that company, and actually hey michael write this down um we should do one on how your delivery driver is the face of your company okay i really was i was i was picking up parts delivering parts and when i wasn't doing that i was out trying to learn things in the shop okay so one yeah i was the face of the company so when i went and took a part to somebody then you know this right here uh, well if you're in a podcast you can't see me but i'm pointing at myself this is the face of the company. So how I act is the face of the company. So do you want somebody who is representing your company, who thinks they're dead weight, or someone who thinks, hey, yeah, you're an important part of this company. Without you, really, your job is we you we need to get you to get the materials to the guys and you need to deliver part to the customer and hopefully pick up more. Okay, I'm getting on a total rabbit trail because that would be a complete other episode. But I do see a lot of companies that need to realize that their delivery drivers are the front face of their company. But okay, so in the end, that guy could have done that completely different. So instead of saying one, you're dead weight, you know, you're worthless. What if he had said, well, right now, Tim, most of your hours are not billable. And that's because you don't have the skills yet to really beneficial most of the time that's why you know we've got you out here you are picking up parts which is very important because you know you run you make these rounds you're picking up parts for 10 guys you're keeping them at their machines and yeah you gather their parts up you're delivering a very integral part that way you can keep them in front of their machines keeping them making money to bill you but if you really want to become a more important part of this organization then you need to learn to do this That would have been so much different because then, okay, one, I do feel value. But also now I know that, okay, here's what I need to learn to get to the next step. And so I think that's important that you find that employer that is, you know, one will tell you, hey, here's what you've got to do to get to the next step. But also, you know, on the flip side is if they're not, can you ask them, hey, you know, right now, you know, I'm making, I don't know, uh, Maybe you're making $8 an hour, $10 an hour, whatever, driving around doing this. You know, what can I do to learn so that I can, one, I can become a better employee for you. And hopefully I can make a little more money in the process. And if you have an employer that says, oh, you know, uh, you can just, uh, uh you know, uh, blah blah, just keep driving. Uh, no, that, that's probably a horrible employer. But you'll find most employers will tell you, you know, hey, why don't you you know, start doing such and such. And also that, you know, that's not just necessarily the employer. So a lot of times, you know, I'd run, get a part. Maybe I was just getting a raw piece of steel for somebody that needed to machine it. And I'd come back and I'd take it to them and they'd be like, all right, I'm not ready for that yet, but thanks. Okay, can I do anything to help you get this part ready for the next job? Because obviously chances are I bought, you know, I don't know, a 10 foot stick or something and they only need a four foot of it. Kind of take it to saw and cut it to length for you, and one they'll they'll just be delighted because one you know they they're kind of set up on their machine they really don't want to go off and cut a piece of steel but okay when you show that hey I, I, can I help you then they're going to be willing to help you and they're also going to be willing for you to look over their shoulder and that probably is one of the best on the job trainings is when you can you know hey well what exactly are you doing there why do you do that and so those are those are the important things to really you know get you you know, down the path of really learning. And then of course, once you gain a little bit more skill, one, you can gain a little bit more pay and also you can gain, you know, a little more knowledge and then you can keep on. And that's really how you can build your skills up. But Okay. We talked about the bad example. I also want to share a good example of where I really think someone showed that they were a good boss or a very good leader is this was not me, but it was somebody I worked with, they burned up a very, very expensive part when they were replacing it on a machine. So machine was broke, they replaced the part and immediately burned it up. And it was like three months of their pay. So first they called the vendor and said, uh, you know, this has just happened. What did I do wrong or what's going on here? And The vendor was not actually on the up and up. I will say that, but hey, Michael, that's another one. We should talk about vendors sometime. Put that down, you know, what's a good vendor, what's a bad vendor, because vendors can make or break you too. But okay, but the vendor kind of gave him a um, semi-honest line that really pointed all the blame on the employee that, hey, here's where you totally screwed up and that's why you just burn up this part that, you know, cost you three months of your salary. And the, other, the guy, he could have made up any story about what had gone wrong to keep him from taking the blame, but he went into the boss's office and said, Hey, I just burnt that part up. The machine is still down and we're going to need another part. And here's why I burn it up. And the boss looked at him and said, well, did you learn anything? And he said, yeah, I did. Um, I understand how to do it next time. So it won't happen again said okay go ahead and order another one i mean and what a great first what a what a great boss because he could have chewed his head off he could have been like that's three months of your salary do you realize that i mean he could have done anything but his main thing was can we do better the next time and did we learn anything i mean what i mean yeah okay that was three months of salary but you know also we have a machine down now that's uh you know, probably got a hundred people slowed up or standing around. Now, I guess that's more expensive than three months of his salary, and so. But he had the insight to realize the value one of on-the-job training, and also this boss at the same time. Yeah, I mean, if there was a way that you could get trained or learn more, then he was all for it. And that would be the other thing is, you know, if your employee, if you go to an employer and I've, I shouldn't say this, but I've had a lot of people end up realizing they need to quit their job over this. But you know, we also sell trainers. If you didn't realize that, uh, but you know, I get an individual calling and being like, "Hey, um, I want to buy one of your trainers." I um, and it's almost always I hate to say this, but it's somebody who's really trying to better themselves, and chances are they have a kid on the way. There is some life-changing event, and they have identified that they have to make more money. They have to improve their skills. And they'll be like, I want to buy your trainer. And uh, and I should sell, I mean, I guess as a money-making person, I should sell them the trainer, but usually I talk them out of it. And I always tell them, go talk to your employer. Tell them, you need to learn this skill so that you can better your family. And it's also going to add value to you as an employee. And 75% of the time, the employer will purchase the equipment for you. Now that other 25% usually employee figures out that they're in a bad job. You know, they're in a job that really the employee is satisfied with them being who they are, where they are and there's no opportunity for advancement. And I mean that is that's that's a tough place to be and I I will say get out of it as soon as you can. So really, what have we talked about? Cuz really today we're just trying to wedge in. We we're not even talking about how we're going to, you know, get into this grand automation thing is, okay, how do we just wedge our foot in the door? And so the big thing is, you know, being, what was it? What did you say? Honesty and what? Honesty and... Honesty and confidence. uh, Yeah, so have honesty and confidence. Gosh, confidence, confidence, confidence. And yes, honesty. And then find the right employer. And those two things together can probably do more. Than a four year degree can to get you started in industrial automation. So, what did you think of this episode? Uh, I obviously, honestly, uh, I'm not sure how I feel about it. I see, ah, oh, way too much. I'm about to work on that. Uh, <laughs> and there we go again. But yeah, this is very unscripted. And I need a partner because my coffee has definitely gotten cold during this. Ah, oh, there we go. Yeah. So lukewarm coffee now, uh, so now we have, now it's one cent coffee and automation advice, I guess. But yeah, so what did you think of it? What topics would you like to see? Do you like the format? Obviously, we don't have a lot of props, although you can see, and yeah, I even kind of set myself where I'm kind of away from where we are normally are on the videos. Is this beneficial to you? Is this something that uh, you see value in? And yeah, um, anybody want to talk with me? Because yeah, my coffee got called. So again, please hit all those like stars, and all the other things that you may be listening to this on, and put your thoughts down in the comments. Until next time. Subscribe to Tim Wilburn on YouTube. Oh, oh. What is there not coming to me from YouTube? Well, he is right. Guys, if you're um, if you're out here and you know, podcast land on Spotify, I like Spotify. That's probably so of definitely be there. But wherever you're coming to me from is did you know I have a YouTube channel? And we put out how-to videos weekly where we actually show things and have props and hopefully teach you some stuff to help you get into industrial automation. Good job, Michael. Till next time. Till next time.